It's a beautiful, sunshiny day, so let's all say the books of the Bible together. Ready? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Some Solomon, Isaiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Job, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Second Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, First Peter, First John, Second John, Third John, Jude. Jesus loves me.
We have a scientist in the proverbs. First, we see from Proverbs that, that shows how we can trust God no matter how bad things went in. Proverbs 3, Four. 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. What's true failure in life? Living your life 
idea for marriage? One man for one woman in her life. And why were you made? When did God make you? Before we uh, dismiss to our classes, I did it again. I forgot, didn't I? I forgot. If you have not partaken of the Lord's Supper, uh, if you'll go right now, if you haven't already done so, and uh, go to the little chapel, you'll be served this time. I, I need to make that announcement right when I get started. I just forgot, and I apologize. Also, a couple of more announcements. Uh, remember the Golden Circle lunch. That will be this coming Tuesday at 1130. Also, uh, this week is the second of our food pantry and clothes closet. And uh, we want to remind you to bring an item, uh, bring cooking oil. That's the item for this week, and that will be very, very helpful. And thank you very much. Uh, before we uh, dismiss tonight and have a song, before we let our teachers go to class, will you bow with me in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful indeed to you for all that you do for us. We we recognize you as the giver and sustainer of every good and perfect gift. Father, we're mindful of so many that we know that are sick. We're also mindful of answered prayers, Father, where many have uh, responded well to their treatments and they're doing better now. We pray that that can continue. We also continue to be mindful of those that have lost loved ones. We pray that your hand of comfort and peace would be upon them. Father, continue to bless the church here at Boonville. We're so thankful for the church here and what it means to this community. We're thankful for our elders, our leaders. We're thankful for those that are so willing to sacrifice their time and effort so that the church here can be a shining light in this community. Fathers, we go to our Bible classes. We pray that you'll be with the teachers and you, we pray that those of us who are students will listen and we'll try to apply what we learn to our lives. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Let's do our theme song again, all right? We're reaching forward to serve our Father. We're reaching forward to serve our God. We're reaching forward to spread the gospel. We're reaching forward with shared love. All right. Y'all go to class. Well, I think I have someone you'd like to add at the end, we'll do that. We'll be praying for them shortly. And then after that, I'm going to give a report about my Saipan trip. Just kind of throwing that in here in the middle of our leadership stuff. But hey, I want to share with you uh, what that trip was like so that you can experience 
going halfway around the world with me. Okay, these are our sick. Irene Baker, terminal cancer. Austin Wentz, undergoing long series of treatments. Wilda Gardner had her eye surgery. She had some trouble um, with it, but she went back to the doctor on Tuesday. He said, looks okay, so they're moving on with it. And uh, she's doing a lot better, so we're glad for that. Don Dawson's not well. Wade Davis is still missing. Carolyn Wilcutt's in recovery. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Kelby Smith has Parkinson's. Cody McGee's still recovering from his foot surgery. Chopper Taylor's here, but he's in a lot of pain. Are you seeing the, a new doctor this week? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Hope that goes well. Larry Kennedy has lymphoma. Daniel Ramdahl has kidney failure. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Lex Crossan has health issues. Norma Hemwell has uh, illness. Uh, Tony Presley has cancer. Marty Woodruff, cancer. Patsy was here today, so very glad for that. Uh, Eli Johnson has cancer and undergoing treatments. Ethan Kendrick has a friend. Justin Mooney has throat cancer. James Goddard has cancer. Micah McBrayer has leukemia. Eddie's back and seems to be doing great. I'm about to take you off this list. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay. Uh, John Roten is having some health problems. I remember Linda's coming close to her treatment on the 22nd. Ann Langford's a friend of Lisa's. She has some pain. It's due to arthritis, they discovered. Andy Bailey uh, had an amputation. It was fitted for a prosthetic. A Pat Cooper's not well. Emma Hutton has Hodgkin lymphoma. Paula Nichols has stage four pancreatic cancer. Crystal Millam lost a kidney for cancer. Allison Wade, John Roten's cousin, having a lung transplant. Has that happened yet? Do we know? Sharon Strickland has cancer. Rod Coggins has heart issues. Wendy Long's dad's having some heart problems. Grayson Miller has stage three cancer. Jackie Perigo has back issues. Olivia Pounders has seizures. Edith English was taken to the hospital last Sunday with blood pressure or blood sugar. Um, how is she? Good. All right. Uh, Scotty Ennis, who's a cousin of Laurie Smith's, has leukemia. Tori Cobb was in an accident at work, and um, he was treated for that, but he's in a lot of pain. has quite a bit of swelling from his injuries. Larry Morgan's been undergoing some tests. He's here. Seems to be doing great. Uh, Pam Floyd's been dealing with some respiratory problems. She was here this morning. She might be here tonight, too. I don't know, but it was good to see her back. Uh, Lisa Allen's brother-in-law, Paul Goldman, had a test uh, in Jackson, has a mass on the hip. Uh, some of the tests were good, but there's supposed to be some follow-up tests. Kathy Huff has a collapsed lung, undergoing some tests. That's Joanne Roberts' niece. Pat Moore, who's a member at Liberty, has been diagnosed with breast cancer. I think they had a special prayer meeting in her um, with her as the main subject. Um, hey, how did Amara's surgery go? Good. Prayers in. She's in class. Is she? Okay, that's great. Uh, and Pat Gray has cancer. I mentioned, or uh, COVID. I mentioned that this morning. Okay, um, anybody else?
Patience, everyone, patience. I have to fight the machine in addition to my terrible spelling. But, you know, it's, I, I hate to waste a lot of time with this, but when we were in South Africa, we were visiting this lady that was in the hospital whose name was Anita. And so we go in. Oh, hi. Hi, Anita. Wow, this is amazing. My wife's name is Anita, too. She said, it's not Anita. It's Anita. I was like, okay. All right. So, peace. All right. Anyone else? Yes. Baylor. here and I, I know there, there are plenty more and this this list is something but I don't know I just feel compelled to pray for these folks so we're going to pray for them and you know if you have somebody you want to throw in there just just send them right along in your mind and God will hear our prayer all right let's pray together father in heaven thank you for a beautiful day today Thank you for your rich blessings on us. Thank you for this church family. And just thank you for the privilege of being a part of the body of Christ. We thank you for this time. We can talk about issues that we have in our own families, sicknesses and injuries and surgeries. We just pray, Lord, for the recovery of so many. A lot of these folks have cancer and just generally, Lord, we, we would pray that there be some advances in treatments of these cancers that are not as detrimental, harmful to the body as many of these are. And a lot of these folks are just struggling with their treatments. We're praying for relief. We pray your blessings on Irene Baker, that she will have good days as she has terminal cancer. Bless Austin Wentz as he's undergoing his long series of treatments and bless his family under the weight and anxiety of all that. We pray for Wilda Gardner that her eye will recover fully and that she'll have good sight again. Pray for Don Dawson that his days will be good and his health will increase. We pray for the Davis family as Wade has been missing now for nearly eight months. We pray for Carolyn Wilcutt and her recovery. Bless Bobby Petty and his battle with lung cancer. Bless Kelby Smith, who's not been well for a long time. Pray for Cody McGee and his recovery, that he can be back to work soon. We pray for Chopper Taylor and his appointment tomorrow, that 
These pre preliminary acts will result in some permanent solutions. And we just pray, Lord, that he can find relief really soon. Bless Larry Kennedy, who has cancer. Bless Danny Ramdahl and his treatments. Bless Van Roberts in his battle with cancer. Be with Paul Rollison, who has cancer. Lex Crossan, who's sick. Pray for Norma, that she'll have good days and get stronger. Bless Tony Presley, who has leukemia. We pray for Marty Woodruff, who has cancer. Bless Patsy Bain in her recovery, and we're rejoicing that she could be with us today. We pray for Eli Johnson, who is undergoing a long series of treatments. Bless Ethan's friend, Justin, as he gets treatment for cancer. We pray for James Goddard and his battle with cancer. Bless Micah McBrayer and the family as he battles cancer. We're thankful that Eddie's doing so much better. We pray that he will get his strength back and be doing things that he enjoys. Bless John Roten that he'll have good days. We pray for Linda Garrett as she's looking to have this procedure in just a week and a half or so. And we pray that it's a great success. Pray for Ann Langford that she can get relief from her pain. Bless Andy Bailey who's adjusting to an amputation. We pray for Pat Cooper that she will do well. Bless Emma Hutton who has cancer. Paula Nichols who has cancer. Be with Crystal Milam, who's had surgery due to cancer. Pray for Allison Wade and her lung transplant. Bless Sharon Strickland, who has cancer. Bless Rod Coggins, who has heart problems. Wendy Loggins, dad, who has heart problems. Bless Grayson Miller, who has cancer. Jackie Perigo, who has back problems. Olivia Pounders, who has seizures. We're thankful that Todd's mother's doing better, and we pray that uh, she will heal and uh, do well with her treatment. Bless Scotty Ennis, who has leukemia. Bless Tori Cobb in his recovery. We pray for Larry Morgan that uh, he can get some regulation with some of his issues. Pray for Pam Floyd, who's been having respiratory problems, still is dealing with some of that, but was strong enough to be with us today. Pray for Lisa Allen's brother-in-law, Paul Goldman, in the test that he's undertaking. And we just pray, Lord, that whatever is the underlying problem will be discovered and can be treated. Pray for Kathy Huff, who's undergoing some tests to determine the problem with the collapsed lung. Pray for Pat Moore, who's been diagnosed with cancer. We pray for Amara. We're thankful her surgery went well and we just pray full recovery. Bless Pat Gray and her battle with COVID. We pray for Trudy as she's undergoing some tests, and we pray that the cause of her problems can be discovered. We pray for uh, the Taylor's grandson, Baylor, who is to see a, a pediatric doctor. We pray they'll get to the bottom of his issues. Please be with Avery as she's having tubes put in her ears. We pray it's the remedy to her infections. We pray for Teresa Burcham, who has pancreatic cancer. And we pray for the Warner family as they grieve Brian's death that was so unnecessary. And we just pray that you'll give them some closure in a, a terrible situation. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless us tonight. And I pray you'll help me to express in the best way I can my experience on this trip. And I'm, I'm just thankful that you get the glory for all those things. And thank you for making our ability to, to touch the world a reality. And I pray that we'll make good use of those opportunities. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm just going to sit down with you and narrate my slides and do my very best to, to share with you what my trip was like. Okay, you buckle in. Here we go. Okay, so uh, this trip is a little bit different from the Guyana trip. I went to work with the Pacific Islands Bible College. Pacific Islands Bible College has been around for about 26 years. Robert Martin started that. I've been making trips with Robert since 1999. The Pacific Islands Bible College was established because there are 
hundreds of islands, thousands of islands in the Pacific. If you had a located school, it would be very difficult for many of those islanders to get to the school. So the idea was, we'll bring the school to them. So far, over the course of these 26 years, there are, right now, it's been uh, documented that 3,000 uh, students have gone through the program. That has been operated in 27 different locations in 14 different countries in all of the Pacific. It's just a fascinating kind of work. This was actually the first visit to the island of Saipan following COVID. Um, prior to my going there, if you arrived in country, you had to be quarantined for a week, uh, locked in a room, uh, unable to go outside at all. They bring food to you. So I'm very thankful I didn't have to go through something like that. And uh, still, though, because COVID uh, was such an issue there, there were still a lot of restrictions, even though Saipan right now is a commonwealth similar to um, what you have with Puerto Rico. It's part of the Northern Mariana Islands. Saipan's the primary largest part of that. Now, the Marianas actually include also Guam, which is itself a territory of the United States, but they do not fall under the same type of jurisdiction. So while a lot of evangelism uh, was, that was not a part of this trip, um, restrictions did not make that possible. Still, our purpose was to edify and to equip the brethren, and that's what I'm gonna share with you. But I also wanna remind you that Saipan is a strategic location for the United States and has been since World War II. And because of what happened in World War II, the island just has a special relationship with the United States. So here is the world, and you're saying, well, wait a minute, I don't see our continent anywhere in the picture. Uh, that is exactly right. That's because that little red streak there are the northern Mariana Islands. Uh, to the north and the west, you'll see both uh, the Philippines and Japan. Uh, you go due south, there's um, a Guinea, New Guinea, and there's Australia, and uh, there's Asia, there's China, Russia's not very far. You now see why it's so strategic. Um, that is a major, major military outpost, a launching place for a lot of what the United States does militarily as concerns Asia. Going in a little bit closer, uh, the top right's kind of the picture that we just saw. Move down to the bottom there. Those are the Mariana Islands. You've heard of the Marianas Trench. Marianas Trench is a seven-mile deep portion of the Pacific Islands, and that's just right off the coast of that string of islands right there. That larger island all the way down at the bottom here is Guam. Guam is a, a, also a major military post. But again, even though it's a part of that string of islands, it's not a part of the Northern Mariana Commonwealth. It has its own designation. Uh, on the left panel, you'll see up at the top is Saipan. See it in relation to the size of some of the other larger islands. And then this is Saipan itself. Saipan is about seven miles long, and at its widest, it's 5.6 miles. It is roughly 46 square miles of island. Its highest point is a place called Mount Tapachau, and I'll show you some pictures from the top of Mount Tapachau here in just a little bit. To the east over here, imagine that one day you're a Japanese soldier, you look out to the Pacific and you see hundreds of warships. It uh, could have been, uh, obviously was a terrifying sight, but that's kind of how uh, this island was taken, right there from San Juan Beach. They marched up Capitol Hill. Uh, that's me. So you show up and they give that thing on my head right there is called a marmar. If you want to see it close up, I have it in my office. Um, you know, there, were there was a day past when I could have worn that with no problem. But I'm just going to tell you, I wore that thing a little while. It started really irritating my, my head. Um, but anyway, you have to endure that because that 
That's how, in Hawaii, you get those comfortable lays. Here you get a marmar, and it's, it's not that comfortable. Um, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly, but I just want to point out to you that all over this island are monuments to the brave men and women of the United States who came and liberated this island. So I want to give you a little bit of history as we go, just to kind of set up why liberation of this island was so important. Of course, the Japanese empire basically enslaved all these islands out in the Pacific. Most people aren't aware of that. This island in particular was considered to be kind of a showcase for the Japanese during that period of time. And so, you know, they, they, that was kind of a propaganda weapon, uh, Saipan. But Saipan was a strategic location. And the Japanese had enslaved the Chamaros, who are the indigenous people there, as well as having imported people from other nations. And it, it was a slave-driven country. So the United States invaded this island. They carpet bombed it. They destroyed everything. And uh, several thousand soldiers perished along with their officers in the taking of this island. Now, there are, like I said, there are monuments everywhere. There's a, there's a major uh, monument to all American forces that were on this island, led primarily by not just the Navy and its landing, but the Marines who took a lot of the strategic positions. The Japanese were, were burrowed into this island. And when I say that, I mean there are caves on this island that, I mean, it was practically impossible to get the Japanese out. They had built bunkers all over the place. It was a, it was a bloody effort in order to secure the place. Uh, all over the island, wherever you look, there are remnants of the battle from the 40s. There, that backs up, back behind that is a cave in that mountain. There's Ken. Japanese were about that tall. So I'm quite a bit taller than a Japanese soldier. Here were some of their built-in barracks. More barracks. This was the, they say that this is actually a chapel tower. It was the only thing left standing on the island after the United States took the island. Um, a lot of cargo ships and in the distance, I will also tell you that there are military ships. I didn't know the military had ships like this, but these ships are parked outside of Saipan for a quick strike in the event that North Korea or one of our other enemies decides to do something untoward. Um, these cliffs are called the bonsai and the suicide cliffs. When the United States invaded, the Japanese told the inhabitants that the Americans were cannibalistic and abusive. If the Americans caught any of the Japanese soldiers or the Japanese wives of soldiers or any of the indigenous Chamaros, the Americans would rape the women and then they would eat anybody who was left. And because of that, they created an incredible fear, so much so that hundreds of men and particularly women holding their babies jumped from these cliffs that are 600 feet high, committing suicide, fell to their deaths. This is, this is actually, uh, the Japanese have monuments everywhere. The Japanese are an interesting people. Although they enslaved and brutalized the people who were on this island, when they were defeated, they became a, an incredibly humble group of people. And so there are monuments everywhere where the Japanese people are saying, we are sorry, we are sorry, we are so sorry that this happened. And that, of course, in the background, again, the bonsai and the suicide cliffs. This is, this is the view from one of those cliffs. So this is what you as a mother would have looked at as you grasped your child and threw yourself off that cliff thinking that the Americans were going to brutalize you.
Again, lots of remnants of the Japanese having been there. They built a stronghold on this island. Here's jails, uh, not very accommodating. That actually is the turret off of a tank that was left out there in the lagoon. This is actually a museum, kind of chronicles that. Here's a, there's going to be a dugout there, this place for hiding. Uh, more government buildings that Japanese, actually, these are, you know, 50 years old. Um, also, part of the history of Saipan, there was a guy by the name of Haruji Matsui. Have you heard of Haruji Matsui? He actually was schooled at Louisiana State University. While he was there, he was in their agricultural program and he learned everything that there was to know about sugarcane. Then he came back to Saipan and this is a train left over from part of the mechanism on that nation, or at least that island, where they were a major producer of sugarcane. Uh, that's LSU connected with Saipan. And there is Mr. Matsui. Uh, this is some of the vegetation around. Um, you, this is going to be a very tropical place. There's another a Japanese, I'm sorry that we did this to you kind of thing. Uh, here are some of government buildings. Uh, as you're driving around, you'll, you'll see. Here are some views from where this is actually up at Capitol Hill. You see the thick vegetation? Um, it's not hot like it is in Guyana. It's pretty well just like 80 most of the time. So it was very comfortable and very nice. Uh, when I was right there, it rained quite a lot, but there were some periods when it was, was dry. This is one of the lighthouses that was built, bringing ships. Here's more of that. See that big gray ship there kind of off in the distance? That's one of our Navy ships there to protect us. Here's a picture of kind of, I didn't stay in one of those hotels there, but that's a picture of kind of how it's laid out. That's downtown. Uh, Saipan is not like um, a third world country. I mean, the United States really supports the place. And so they, you know, they get a lot of money from you as taxpayers. It's another picture from the high mountains. This little place right here is called the Forbidden Island, and I can see why. I don't know how it even get up there. Okay, this is a picture from Mount Tapachau. So I mentioned that the Banzai and Suicide Cliffs were about 600 feet high. This is 1,555 feet. This is the highest point on the island. The Marines fought through thick vegetation in order to climb that mountain in order to secure it because it was a vantage point from which the Japanese could attack any place on the island. So these brave Marines climbed, and you know the Marines we're talking about just out of high school, young kids, but there was a reporter who took the three hour walk up to the top of the mountain after it had been secured and he was quoted as saying that those men up there at the top were the bravest, most courageous men he'd ever met in his life. Can you imagine climbing that with somebody shooting at you? You pretty well from up here can see the entire island. When I, you know, when I look at a place like that, I think to myself, wow, I just, all I did was just fly in on a plane, get off the plane, go to the place I needed to go. Do you ever just stop and think about the history of a place and about how much we owe for the privilege of even being able to step foot on it? I mean, a place that at one time had been enslaved by another nation now is free. And with that freedom, 
You know, the thing that we're most concerned about, the freedom to hear the gospel. The church here in Saipan has been around since, I think it's pretty well. uh, Actually, when Robert started the Pacific Islands Bible College, he was a missionary here at Saipan. So I'm going to say that that church has been around for 25 or 26 years. Um, They've been in this same facility most of that time, except when they originally met in uh, Robert's house. So uh, this is a very nice facility for them. They use uh, to good good purpose. Oops, uh uh-oh. Well, uh uh-oh, somehow I lost it. Hey, Jeremy, wait, it might come up. Okay, whoo, maybe. Let's see. Now, where were we? We were talking. Here we go. These lovely people. Okay. Let's do it this way. Okay. So uh, here's the church at Saipan Church Building. Here are the lovely people who meet here. On the far left over here is Boyette. He is actually from the Philippines, but now he is their full-time gospel preacher. This is the first night that I arrived. And by the way, I think I kind of laid that out for you. I left here from Huntsville, flew the 30-minute or so flight to Atlanta, said goodbye to my mother-in-law, waited a couple hours in the Atlanta airport, took the flight from Atlanta to Hawaii, which is 10 hours, had an overnight stay in Hawaii, then flew early the next morning for another eight hours to Guam, had an overnight in Guam, and then flew the 30 or 40 minute flight from Guam to Saipan. The return flight was similar to that, only that when I got to Hawaii, I then flew to Los Angeles, which is about five and a half hours, with a two hour layover, and then flew from there to Atlanta, which is another four and a half hour flight. So it took several days for me to get there. Uh, Here are the people that uh, I was teaching. Here's part of the room. Uh, Here's another part of it. Uh, There were, we basically had 25 students in the classes that we were teaching. Uh, I was teaching a class on the book of Galatians. So each night I taught for two hours. And typically what we would do is I would teach for about an hour then we would take about a 10 or 15 minute break for supper, which I'll show you some examples of supper. The reason that that happened was folks are working during the day and they didn't have time to go home and get supper. So they gathered each night as a group to eat and enjoy uh, time with each other. So, you know, did a lot, did a lot of Bible class teaching in the time that I was there. So we take a break after we've studied and here's one example of a meal. This is rice based. It's a Filipino dish, rice based. It's got chicken and peppers and all kinds of other things in it. I couldn't say what are, but it was very delicious. And then there's a little uh, side soup there. And by the way, Boyette, before he became a preacher, was actually a, a chef. And so he did a lot, of, a lot of the cooking. This is another meal. And I've described to folks what the noodles are. They're not actually noodles. Uh, they come from parts of chickens that are cleaned very carefully and then cooked. Apparently the Filipinos enjoy this particular dish. I have to remind myself that I'm just eating for nourishment 
and that everything will be okay and hope that I don't catch some terrible disease from eating chicken intestines. So here we are enjoying that. Robert always says things like, oh, I love it. Give me some more of that. And I'm like, Robert, no, you don't love that. Don't ask them for this dish again. What is, what is wrong with you? We were on a trip one time where we came out of the bush, okay? And we're going to spend the night with the missionary. And they, they didn't, their lights were not very good. The power went out several times. And so they were grilling chicken out at night. Well, finished grilling, brought the chicken in. Here we're eating. And I started biting him. I noticed that it was way undercooked. So much so that, I mean, it, you know, it was, it was bleeding. And so I was trying to just eat around kind of the edges. And next thing I know, Robert's like, oh, well, this is such delicious chicken. Give me another piece. Give me another piece. When we got back to the hotel, I said, Robert, did you not notice that the chicken wasn't good? He said, yeah, Brother Kenny, but I didn't know what to say. So I thought I'd just tell him it was great and I want some more. I said, that is not what you do. That is a great way to get sick. But anyway, that is Robert. You know, Robert's, Robert's there on the, on the left, on the end. Robert is one of those guys who, like when you stay in a hotel room, he brings out Lysol and sprays it all over the room because he's a germaphobe. He will take his sheets, he'll pull them out and refit the bed and fold the sheets in a certain way. But when we go into the village, I mean, he takes his shoes off, he's walking around in the muck, he's eating chicken guts. I mean, he doesn't care. It's just an odd Odd thing to see him on the field, uh, how he is among us and how he is among the brethren. And, you know, we spend a lot of time encouraging and building one another up. And, and as, is the, as is the case with us, so is the case with them, a lot of fellowship revolves around eating. Um, just some pictures of your brothers and sisters. Okay, uh, not only do they eat in that side room, they're eating out here in the, in the church building as well. Just a, a great time with the brethren. Uh, this is kind of at the end of class. We would stand up and have a prayer together. But, but Brother Boyette here at the lectern, can you just, he's probably laughing right there. He's just a very happy, uh, seemed to be just a well-adjusted, kind gentleman. It was a, just a pleasure to be with them. Um, this is a Sunday morning uh, that we attended. The church is gathered together. Actually, the way it went was I spoke for the uh, worship service. Then I spoke for the Bible class. And then I spoke for the evening service. So we all shared, you know. <laughs> uh, but I enjoy, I enjoy being able to do that. Um, in our service, there were a couple of responses. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of children in, in the congregation. There's Brother Boyette making announcements for the church. Um, this fellow's name is Colton. He and his wife, Sarva, uh, the Sneeds. He, is actual, he actually went to school at the Sunset School of Preaching. He was a part of the AIM program, Adventures in Missions. He had first gone to Bolivia, where he met his wife, Sarva. Now, Colton, United States citizen, marries Sarva, who is from Bolivia, and he brings her all the way to Saipan. I, just an unusual thing there. Uh, this is Dave. Dave is married to Pam their, uh, their last name is uh, Coates. Dave also, Dave is married to Pam, who actually is an indigenous Chamorro. And he had attended the Pacific Islands Bible College. He had taken some courses in years past. As a result of that, he learned the truth and he obeyed the gospel. Then he decided after he had been in the church a while, that he wanted to become a preacher. So he also came to the United States, and I think he went to Sunset as well. He then met Colton. So that's how Colton has gotten connected with Dave. 
Dave lives here. I mean, this is his home on Saipan with Pam. And so as a result of that, um, they are working together with Boyette, uh, trying to win souls. Uh, here's a, another picture. This, there, you know, the Lord's Supper is taking place here, and uh, many of the brethren were participating in things. And then following the service, they had a food giveaway. Every single member of that congregation, and by the way, a, a lot of people are in poverty on this island, especially since COVID, a lot of the tourism has dried up, and so a lot of folks are really hurting. And so very similar to what we do with our food um, pantry, they had prepared these bags with food items in them and were distributing them to themselves, to, to members of that congregation. And then here's a picture of everybody who was involved. These are all members of, of the church here who are encouraging one another in that. Um, here, you know, here's a noodle dish. Uh, that'd be something you'd see just about everywhere. Uh, here is, oh, there, look at those. Uh, you call them shrimp. They call them prawns. I don't know the difference between a shrimp and a prawn. They taste the same to me. And that had some kind of a curry mixture in it. But again, most of these were Filipino dishes. Um, the church is comprised of both Filipinos and Chamorros. Filipinos are, are uh, immigrants that come in for work. And then the Chamorros are the indigenous people. I don't know how to describe. It's kind of beefish, uh, porkish sort of like. And uh, you, if you've been to a foreign country, what happened here happens in most foreign countries. They don't have prime cuts. They just, they just take a piece of meat and just start whacking at it. And you just take the bone and all. Um, here are some goodies. Most of this is desserts. But the, another thing about foreign countries is when you eat a dessert, you taste it. It's not terribly sweet. I mean, they're, they're not, they don't have a sweet tooth like we do. Uh, okay, um, uh, there's a Barks Root Beer. That was good. Uh, this other stuff, I don't want to tell you. Inside that green thing there was tapioca. Have you ever had tapioca, wild tapioca? The process of making it is, is unbelievable. It's hugely time-consuming. And what you unwrap that and it is the stickiest, gooeyest stuff you've ever seen. It can get all over you. But it, it has, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it has a great taste, but it has a taste. And it's edible. And they love it. So they love it. I love it. I still don't know what this was. They said, taste it. It's so good. And I did. And it's, it had this, it, I'm kind of a texture person, and this had texture to it, but not one that I like necessarily. It's just the bubbles and the, but it had a limeish sort of flavor and a creamy limeish sort of flavor to it. And I, I don't know, I don't know what that was, but it was, it was nourishing. Uh, here, is, here is Robert with uh, Colton and his wife. And uh, this kind of thing happened a lot. I said, you know, part of our work was edifying. And, you know, we just, we sat down with folks and just did a lot of building up with this congregation because it's been established for a while. Now, I want to share something with you about Boyette. If he were here, I wouldn't do this. But Boyette's history is interesting. Boyette used to be he used to be a preacher for the Christian church that was on this island. When he was a preacher for the Christian church, he made an enormous salary. And they housed him in this, I mean, the picture does not do it justice. It is like a mansion on the side of this hill. That is where Boyette used to live. Well, Boyette learned the gospel from Robert Martin while Robert was there as a missionary on the island and Steve Weiss. And when he learned the gospel, he had been a preacher for the Christian church. He forsook the Christian church. He obeyed the gospel and he prepared himself to preach. And now he is the preacher there for the Saipan Church of Christ. Now he lived here. 
Here's where he lives now. He now lives in, that was a container, like on container ships. They took a torch and they cut out a door so that he could live inside the container. And as I said, Boyette is like one of the happiest, joyful men you'll ever meet. But I just, I just wanted to share with you what I think was a, a great sacrifice that he made in the name of Jesus. He'd rather preach the gospel and serve the Lord in this capacity than to live in this palace and teach error. Would anybody venture to guess what that is? That's the cemetery. Yeah, you can't bury people on an island, so they entomb them uh, up above. Uh, the final shot I'm going to give you is a sunset in Saipan. And it just reminds me, not only just the end, but, you know, the end also is the part of a beginning. And when I think of Saipan, I think about the church in a missionary field that's established, but in many ways is still growing. And you and I were able to touch that in that far off place. So thank you for sending me and thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Let's pray and then you can get to those children. Our Father, thank you for your blessings and thank you for the privilege we have to take your gospel all over the world. Thank you for the work that's done in Saipan and how we could be a little part of that. We pray your blessings on those brethren. And Lord, bless us too, as we're trying to reach farther, to reach forward, to reach ahead, to do what we can to see the advance of your kingdom. Please bless us tonight. Keep us safe as we travel. And if it's your will, you'll give us a new day. Give us opportunities to truly exercise our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.